Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. I have several stories uh, that I'd like to report on today. But first, I want to report on this devastating and stunning story of this missing five-year-old little girl. Her name is Dulce Maria Alaves. In English, that would be Sweet Maria Alaves. Uh, she has been missing for she has been missing since September sixteenth, twenty nineteen, which has now been three weeks. This reminds me of my reporting of the four-year-old Malia Davis from Houston, Texas, who was brutally murdered by her parents. I found about this case. I found out about this case uh, by searching on the FBI's website under kidnappings. Uh, you're probably wondering why are you on the FBI's website and searching these things. Well, to answer your question, I have this group called the Presidential Cabinet, which is a group of secretaries that advise the president on matters of cabinet-related matters. Uh, the group also consists of the 17 intelligence agencies and their directors, White House staff, Congress, and much more. I essentially started this group in second grade, and I'm still continuing this group. Anyway, the FBI posted this on their website, and as I was just looking through the case, uh, I was analyzing and annotating. Uh, something told me to dig deeper. Uh, something told me to do dig deeper and do deeper research uh, on this little girl. So I went to so I went to Google, and I typed in Bridgeton High School, which is located in New Jersey, which is part of the case, and I then pressed enter. And a New York Times article, along with several other articles, popped up. So I clicked on the New York Times article and read the whole thing. And then I printed it out and highlighted information that I found interesting. The New York Times reported, quote, Dulce went missing on the afternoon of, sep on the afternoon of September 16th after her mother took her three-year-old brother and her eight-year-old cousin to get ice cream at a new, at a, neighborhood, excuse me, at a neighborhood convenience store. Quote, when they arrived at Bridgeton City Park at around 4 p.m., Dulce and her brother ran, Dulce, Dulce and her brother ran to the playground while Mrs. Alaves Perez sat in the car with her, with, excuse me, with the eight-year-old roughly 30 yards away, according to police reports. Minutes later, she found Dulce's brother on the playground crying when she asked, where his sister was, when she asked where his sister was, he pointed to a cluster of buildings near the park, which supposedly was at Bridgeton High School. So this little girl has been missing now for three weeks since Monday, September 16th, 2019. Today is October 5th of 2019, and she's been missing that long. Uh, as the FBI reports, um, her height is 3-0. Um, Dulce Maria Alaves, age 5, was last seen on the afternoon of Monday, September 16th, 2019, while playing at the Bridgeton City Park behind Bridgeton High School in Bridgeton, New Jersey. Dulce was, la Dulce was last seen wearing a yellow shirt with a koala, with a koala on the front. I may be saying that name wrong. I know it's an animal name, but I may be saying that wrong. Uh, with a koala on the front. Black and white pants with butterflies and flowers on them. And white dress sandals. After analyzing that and looking through the case over and over again, I started writing down questions. Does this little girl have siblings? Yes, her three-year-old brother. Where is she now? We don't know. 
supposedly uh, the New York Times is reporting that uh, an Amber Alert later identified a thin-framed, light-skinned man wearing orange sneakers, red pants, and a black shirt as a as a person of interest in Dulce's appearance. Quote, police suspect that while playing on a swing set with her brother, Dulce was somehow lured into a red van that had sliding passenger doors and tinted windows. Other than that, little public information exists about what may have happened, about what might have happened. The investigation has stretched into its third week as they are continuing to search for this five-year-old little girl, five years old. Just five years old. The New York Times also goes on a report, quote, Mrs. Alaves Perez panicked, according to family members, unable to find Dulce. She called the police and her family, frantically telling them to come to the park. Quote, she called me sobbing. I could hardly understand her, but she said Dulce is missing. The police are looking for her. Come to the park right now. That is according to Mrs. Alaves Perez's mother, who helped raise Dulce. As she remembered that through tears. Quote, I felt like my heart stopped, Mrs. Press said. Quote, uh, Mrs. Alaves Press, Miss Dulcie's mother, and Dulcie's mother says, quote, if someone knows something, please come forward and talk. We miss her a lot. Our family, everyone does. And a vigil was held at the park where Dulcie uh, disappeared. This has been a very shocking story and a very tragic story. It's, quote, it's very tragic to see a mother lose her child, according to Lucia Dominguez, 52 years old, a Bridgeton resident. Quote, I myself, I myself have a daughter, and I can't imagine the pain she feels. We just want the girl to be found. Two weeks after Dulce's appearance, a sense of disbelief still loomed over the, insul over the insulted community. Once again, this story is just incredibly shocking. This five-year-old little girl has been missing now for three weeks. And as you get deeper into the article, uh, the, the, as you get deeper into the article, it says, quote, ICE arrested Dulce's mother's boyfriend, Edgar Martinez Santiago, a Mexican citizen. After the girl's disappearance, an ICE spokesperson, an ICE spokesman said, Mr. Martinez Santiago, 27, was released on September 19th and that he was part of an ongoing investigation. Quote, but some immigrants in Bridgeton have remained in the United States illegally, causing concern among some state officials, including the New Jersey Attorney General, Guber Gruel, that residents had been reluctant to come forward with tips to police about Dulce for fear that it could put them on ICE's radar. And for those of you who do not know what ICE stands for, it stands for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. This five-year-old little girl. Uh, if you have any, if you, uh, if any, her cousin reports, quote, her cousin says, quote, her, her cousin Jose says, quote, she's just such a happy kid. If you or anyone you know has information of this little girl, please contact the FBI's New York office at 
1-800-225-5324. Once again, that is 1-800-225-5324. Or you can text Bridgeton, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-O-N. Once again, that is Bridgeton, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-O-N to tip for one one. If you would ever like to contact our show, we have an email address, and that email address is the Jeremiah Patterson Show at gmail.com. You can also, if you like to give us an audio version of yourself and your perspectives on what our show is uh, about and what you think our show is about and your points of view, you can send us an audio message on the Anchor app, or you could send us an audio message on our Anchor website, The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Once again, if you'd like to email us, we are the Jeremiah Patterson Show at gmail.com. And we also have our YouTube channel up, uh, The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Thank you, everyone. Welcome back. Remember last week when I reported that President Trump called the Ukrainian president and told him and asked him to find detrimental and cynical information on Joe Biden? Well, according to the president himself, he has now asked China to interfere in the 2020 presidential elections. This shows the Trump administration is not meticulous and is getting more audacious. Well, after that, the Chinese foreign minister said, quote, China will not interfere in the internal affairs of the U.S. And we trust that the American people will be able to sort out their own problems. That is the uh, Chinese foreign minister saying, no, no, we are not getting involved in this mess and we are not going to interfere in America's elections. The president wasn't the only one involved in the Ukrainian call. Turns out Vice President Mike Pence played a big role in the call, too. I mean, it's like grab your popcorn, right? As, as this leads up to the president's impeachment, more bizarre things will happen, and we will continue to be astonished. This president has said some bizarre things like, oh, Russia interfered in the 2016 elections. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I mean, all of these things are going to come back for him during this impeachment crisis. Donald Trump began his presidency on January 20th, 2017. And it will either end on 2020 and it will either end in 2021, which would make him a one-term president or in 2020 or it'll end in 2025. Now, depending on your political perspective, that's either a good thing or it's a freaking nightmare. Because during Trump's presidency, he has intimidated many people such as using rhetorical language against migrants, saying, quote, we need to build a wall. I've been reporting on this for weeks, and it's completely nonsensical. He has made many xenophobic remarks towards migrants, especially in the New York Times article where this, where the title is, quote, shoot migrants' legs, build alligator moat behind Trump's ideas for border. This article is is completely shocking. And all of those things are what Trump is for and how he wants the wall to be perceived, basically. You can't necessarily perceive a wall. It's an object. But how he wants America, how he wants that wall built to keep Hispanic migrants from entering, to keep Hispanic migrants from entering the United States, to keep them out. 
basically. The article says, quote, The Oval Office meeting this past March began as so many had, with President Trump fumming about migrants. But this time he had a solution, as White House advisors listened astonished. He ordered them to shut down the entire 2,000-mile border with Mexico by noon the next day. And this is the part where it just gets incredibly astonishing and just stunning. Quote, privately, the president had often talked about fortifying a border wall with a water-filled trench stocked with snakes or alligators, prompting aides to seek a cost estimate. He wanted the wall electrified with spikes on top that could pierce human flesh. After publicly suggesting that soldiers shoot migrants if they threw rocks, the president backed off when his staff told him that was illegal. But later, in a meeting, aides recalled he suggested that they shoot migrants in the legs to slow them down. That's not allowed either, they told him. Quote, the president was frustrated, and I think he took that moment to hit the reset button, said Thomas D. Hammond, who had served as Mr. Trump's acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Recalling that week in March, quote, the president wanted it to be fixed quickly. Quote, in the Oval Office, the March afternoon of 30, a 30-minute 30 meeting extended to more than two hours as President Trump as President Trump's team tried desperately to place it to him. Quote, you're making me look like an idiot, Mr. Trump shouted, adding in a profanity as multiple officials in the room described it. Quote, I ran on this. It's my issue. So President Trump, uh, as, it, as you go back to that paragraph, quote, uh, after publicly suggesting that soldiers shoot if they shoot migrants if they threw rocks, the president backed off when his staff told him that was illegal. So this is just in incredibly shocking and it's just stunning. This entire New York Times article is shocking and it shows Trump's racism and hatred towards migrants. I mean, it's ridiculous. As you get more into the article, a complete shutdown of the border, Mr. Trump, was the only way he just wanted to shut down the southern border just shut it down completely shocking article quote white house advisors encouraged a stream of, cor of corporate executives republican lawmakers and officials from the u.s chamber of commerce to tell mr trump how damaging a border closure would be mr miller meanwhile saw an opportunity quote it was his view that the president needed to completely overhaul the Homeland Security Department and get rid of senior officials who he believed were thwarting efforts to block immigrants. Although many were the president's handpicked aides, Mr. Miller told him they had become part of the problem by consistently citing legal, legal hurdles. Quote, Mrs. Nielsen, who regularly found herself who felt who regularly found herself telling Mr. Trump why he couldn't have what he wanted was an obvious target. When the president when the president demanded flat quote flat back paint on his border wall, she said it would cost an additional one million per mile. 
when he ordered wall construction sped up. She said they needed permission from property owners. Take the land, Mr. Take the land, Mr. Trump would say, and let them sue us. Just just an incredibly shocking article. Quote Kevin K. McAllen, the acting homeland security at the acting homeland security secretary of homeland security at the border in August near St. Louis, Aris, uh, said, "Quote, well, as the article goes on, it says, quote, that night while White House advisors succeeded in convincing the president to give them a reprieve, but only for a week until the following Friday, that gave them very little time to challenge, excuse me, to change the president's mind." Uh, you can go to the New York Times' website and read this entire article. It, it's just completely stunning. When Mrs. Nielsen presented her plan to Trump, to Mr. Trump at the White House, he dismissed it and told her what he really needed was a cement wall. Quote, sir, she said, quote, I, re- I literally don't think that's even possible. They couldn't build that noun even if it would work. Which is which it would, Mrs. Nielsen told him. The designs for steel barriers had long since been finalized. The contracts bid and signed. And later into the article, the President Trump says, quote, it's time for Nielsen to go. He later tweeted, quote, Secretary of Homeland Security Kirsten Nielsen will be leaving her position, Trump wrote, and Quote, and I would like to thank her for her service. The president demanded for Nielsen's resignation. He didn't want Nielsen in anymore. Goodbye. The president's focus is only on Hispanic migrants. But what about the over 960 migrants that illegally crossed into the United States from Canada? Can you answer that, Mr. President? NBC News is reporting, quote, illegal border crossings from Canada are quietly rising, data shows. And that's because the president is focused on the southern border, not the northern border. He's more focused on shooting Hispanic migrants in the leg than stopping a Canadian from illegally entering the United States. The article also says, quote, immigration agents apprehended 504 people crossing illegal, illegally from Canada compared to 963 in fiscal year 2018. The Border Patrol data showed preliminary data from October to January of 2018 shows... 465 apprehensions from Canada, with 294 in the Swanton sector. We've never heard the president say there needs to be a wall at the northern border. But he's more focused on the wall at the southern border to stop Hispanic migrants from entering the United States. Who knows what's next in America? Who knows what's next for how other nations will perceive our country. And as I said before, depending on your political perspective, if we are four more years of Trump, 
it's a great thing if, if depending on your political perspective, but if you're on the other side, it's a freaking nightmare because of all the intimidate, all of the intimidation that Trump has done and said, I mean, his rhetorical comments, deporting migrants, wanting to shoot migrants in the legs. Quote, he wanted the wall electrified with spikes on top that could pierce human flesh. And if they threw rocks at the border, and excuse me, quote, after publicly suggesting a soldier shoot migrants, if they threw rocks, the president backed off when his staff told him that was illegal. Well, all of the people that told him it was illegal and all of those people that have said, Mr. President, you can't do that. That's not right. That's illegal. All of those people are gone. I mean, you the president is literally surrounded now with people who are basically supporting him. And we are seeing more resignations now. These are really astonishing and just critical times in America. Not only as our president being caught up in a presidential scandal, calling the Ukrainian president and asking him to interfere in the 2020 elections and then calling the Chinese and then calling the Chinese and asking them to interfere in the 2020 presidential elections and to find dirt on Joe Biden, his political rival of what he will think of what he thinks will be his political rival. Obviously, the president's very confident that Joe Biden will be the Democratic Party's pick. I mean, this is like Watergate all over again. Mike Pence was caught up in this scandal with the president of the United States. But according to New York Times and NBC News and Rachel Maddow and several different news agencies and organizations and people, they're saying that Mike Pence was more demanding on this. So could this be like what happened under the Nixon administration? Spiro Agnew was convicted. Could Mike Pence be convicted or could Mike Pence be arrested for this? The vice president does not have the same immunity as the president of the United States does of hiding himself in the closet and protecting himself from testifying against congressional committees and putting all of this into perspective as saying, okay, I didn't do this. I did that. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I mean, which one is it? Did you do it or did you not? But it's, it's more, it's a more simple scandal. Yes, I called the Ukrainian president and told him to find dirt on Joe Biden and told them to find dirt on Joe Biden. Here's the evidence. And he gave us the evidence. And now that leads me to my next segment, which is gun violence. Uh, Gun violence in America is just completely devastating. It's pernicious. It has a very pernicious uh, effect on our country. Uh... For those of you who listened to the anniversary of the Las Vegas strip shooting episode, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in. That number has now moved up to 12. I have not checked since, uh, but 12 plays on that. That's incredibly amazing. Um, So gun violence in America, it's sad. And as I said, it's pernicious. So we've seen mass shootings in America that have sparked up. The first major school shooting was Columbine High School. Columbine High School. Where they, unfortunately, killed many students. 
and that was one of the first massacres. Um, and that anniversary of that is on April 20th, uh, 1999. That's when the first major school shooting was. And then all of a sudden, Sandy Hook came, where 20 innocent first graders were killed. 20 innocent first graders. And seven faculty and staff in that school building. And then it led off to Parkland in Santa Fe, then the El Paso mass shooting, and more shootings in America. But it's just that the Las Vegas Strip shooting, it, it had it had a deep impact. So did Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook had a deep impact too. I mean, it, I, I was I was in elementary school and Sandy Hook happened. And I, I didn't really understand it at the time, but now it's it's just scary. I mean, to imagine you as a student sitting in your class at a school where you're supposed to learn, a place where you're supposed to learn, listen to your teacher, follow the directions, and do your work. A place where you're supposed to learn a gunman enters and kills your peers? That's scary. Just to think about it. And it's not like you can just shut the world up and shut all this up and just push it to the side and never think about this again. No, this is reality. It's reality. And unfortunately, school shootings are becoming inevitable more and more. Not just school shootings, but mass shootings. As we saw in the El Paso mass shootings. In the El Paso mass shooting. You could be walking into Walmart, school shopping, or just shopping for some bread or uh, a new TV or some school supplies. And then all of a sudden, someone inserts and once again kills innocent people. Las Vegas strip mass shooting. That guy took all of those suitcases up there. All of those suitcases. Was there nothing suspicious about that? All of those suitcases got them up there in his room. He started shooting down. And the shooting lasted. 10, it lasted for 10 minutes. I still cannot believe that. It lasted for 10 minutes. 58 people were killed. 422 wounded. That eventually led up to 851 wounded. This is on the 32nd floor. And that was just minutes to hours after he put that do not disturb sign on the door. But the essential question is, despite all of these mass shootings and these innocent citizens dying in our country, innocent civilians dying in our country, despite it, the question is, what are we going to do to stop this? What are we going to do to stop this? I believe in the Second Amendment. And I think that you should have a weapon in your home to protect you from any potential danger. But now it's gotten to the point where people are taking the Second Amendment out of context and they're just like, okay, well, that means I can just go down and uh, shoot innocent people. That, that does not mean that. The Second Amendment says you are allowed to, you have the right to bear arms. It does not say you have the right to go to Walmart and kill innocent civilians. It does not say you have the right to 
stand in your hotel room on the 32nd floor and kill 58 people and brutally murder 58 people and then wound 422 people, which eventually led up to 851. It does not say that. The Second Amendment says you have the right to bear arms. We have to stop gun violence. It's sad. And and unfortunately, until gun violence is stopped, more of this is going to keep on happening, which is scary. It is a nightmare. It's a nightmare to know that you could be sending your 12-year-old daughter off to school when a gunman enters. And your 12-year-old daughter doesn't return home. It's scary to know that you can send your 4-year-old son to preschool. A gunman enters and your 4-year-old son does not return home. It's scary to know that. It's scary. It's sad. It's emotional. And this is why more kids are not safe. They, They don't feel safe in school. Earlier this week when I was at school... There was a loud boom in the cafeteria. Everyone stopped talking and everyone just looked to what would have to looked to where the sound was going. Even I stopped and looked myself, panicked and intimidated by the sound. After all of us discovered and saw that it was a tray that hit the floor, we continued talking in the cafeteria. See, little things like that, it's intimidating and it's panicking and it's just scary. It's scary. Many people had in their mind that that tray that hit the floor could have been a gunshot. Well, that was my same initial thought. Another time in my school, which was earlier last year, the fire alarm was pulled. We were all sitting in the cafeteria. The assistant principal said, okay, I don't know what's going on. All of you need to follow me outside. And we ran outside behind the assistant principal after we eventually discovered that it was not anything serious and we were allowed to re-enter the building and finish our lunch. I mean, just intimidating things like these that intimidate students, and not only the students, but the faculty and staff that work at schools. School shootings are growing. Mass shootings are growing. And it's ridiculous. We need to stop these things. Children should not be looking at the door every five seconds because they're scared that a shooter may enter. They should be focusing and paying attention to the teacher, not the door. And that's scary. It's scary that our our children and just children in general can't even learn anymore because they're scared that a gunman may enter the door. Parkland was bad enough. Santa Fe was bad enough. Sandy Hook was bad enough. It is time that we come to the conclusion and we say no more, no more. We do not need to lose any more lives. We do not need to lose any more first graders, second graders, third graders, fourth graders, or fifth graders. We do not need to lose any more school students, students that are currently in school. We do not need to lose any more. This is time where we have to put a conclusion to this and say no more. This is the time where we say no more. It is done. No more school shootings. 
No more mass shootings. No more gunmen entering Walmart or a mall or entering a school and killing innocent students. As you saw with those two examples that I was in, it's, it's scary. And even myself and my own school, we're having these school shooting drills. And it's intimidating. Because to actually have these drills, for some students, it's the adrenaline that kicks in. Like, oh my God, this could be real. This could happen one day. And that, unfortunately, is what is starting to hit students' heads now. The boom, that trade dropping, that trade dropping. I mean, if you were, just imagine, if you were in that room, just the, just the silence and all the eyes and the heads turning towards what, what, that, what that noise was. That trade dropping. That students thought it was a gunshot. School shooting threats all over social media. Some students perceiving it as, quote, or some students saying it's, quote, a joke. It's not a joke because people are scared for their lives. When school shooting threats happen, you know how many students do not come to school the next day or how many parents go into the school front, school's, the school's front office and ask their students to be withdrawn? And just re- withdraw them from that school because they feel as they're if there's because they feel as if that their child is not no longer safe at that school. It's intimidating, and it's sad that we have to say this is America now. This is the new normal. Well, I just want to say that this is not the new normal. This is not America. It is over. No more school shootings. No more mass shootings. It is done. Actions. Congress needs to take action. Republicans need to take action. And we need to get something done. This is outrageous. It is getting out of hand. And we do not need to lose any, any more lives. We do not need to lose any more lives. Some of the group of kids that were killed in Parkland. Just imagine them. They could have went on to become successful billionaires, entrepreneurs, congressmen, bakers, whatever they wanted to be. But their life was taken by a gunman. In fact, a former student. And for me, it's just intimidating and it's just intimidating talking about this. This is emotion this is an emotional and intimidating uh, topic for me to cover. Not just for me to cover, but just just to talk about it. And I bet it is also for other students that attend public schools. We'll be right back. And welcome back. I'd like to give this moment uh, special respect. I'd like to say thank you for everyone 
that has been spreading the word uh, that I have a podcast. Uh, you've been spreading it to your fellow peers, your fellow colleagues, if you're an adult, and you've just been spreading the word all over social media and telling others, hey, Jeremiah has a podcast, go check it out. Hey, Jeremiah has a podcast, go give him a five-star rating. Go check it out, go subscribe. Well, thank you, everyone. You guys are so generous, so kind for doing that. Uh, my podcast has essentially elevated because of you. My ratings have went up. More listeners are coming in. And I never thought that I would have over 9,000 listeners. Over 9,000 listeners. Uh, the top episode for months, which has been the top episode, is the JFK assassination episode. So go check that out. Uh, it is at, I think it's at 114 plays. It's probably over now, but it's probably... Uh, higher than 114 now, but that is the top episode right now. I'd just like to say thank you once again for all of you listening in and encouraging your friends and your colleagues at work and your family members to listen in to my show. Uh, and for all of you who've tuned in every Saturday. And thanks to all of you who've been here since the beginning. Since July 19th of 2018, when I started my first podcast episode first episode. That was when the show was called Daily Political Podcast with Jeremiah Patterson. But yes, one year. We are one year in. And I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep reporting on news. I'm going to keep coming on every Saturday. I'm going to keep typing scripts. I'm going to keep re writing articles. Excuse me. I'm going to keep reading articles. I'm going to keep annotating and highlighting and coming on the show just for you, all of you listeners. Thank you so much. Encourage a friend, a family member, or a loved one to listen to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. All of you have a great day, and remember to stay positive and inspired. <laughs>